Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. We're super, super excited to have Daniel Mangana. He's here with us today from Cabo. I'm super jealous because it's cold here in Colorado. I would much rather be in Cabo on the beach. You, oh my gosh, you do a lot. You are an entrepreneur, a public speaker, radio host. You have your own podcast. You're a best-selling author. You say that you are just a man who felt the calling to share his life experiences and hopes others might be inspired. You have your own blog. You have been featured on Wall Street Journal, Masters of Success, The Times, Market Watch, Fox News, and many, many, many more prominent publications. I mean, seriously, what do you not do? It's exciting to have you on. And we, we cannot wait to dream with Dan. Nice. Well, I'm still working on my jump shot. So um, I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Dan, I love how you have this quote it says dream with your eyes open. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to, to talk with you guys about the soul about dreams, about abundance, about all of the groovy things and all the lovely stuff. Dreaming is one of these things that we're encouraged to do, but then we're given all these limitations about what we're allowed to do with it, right? Or they say, this is what you should dream about. You should be dreaming about living a life like this, having this many kids, as long as it makes sense. I've been blessed to have had some really troubling <laughs> experiences over my life, going back from <laughs> overcoming my dalliance with suicide to epic failures and monstrous successes. And through all of it, I've come to this realization that this is just one big game at the end of the day. I love to say there's no point in taking this thing so seriously. None of us are getting out of it alive. If we want to talk about the soul and start talking about the level of consciousness where soul exists, you know, we're talking about infinite possibility. And the fact that really every single combination of this moment, every single variation of our life, if scientists are correct and they might be wrong, is actually happening here and now at some level. So there's no way that we can actually fail. So dream big, have fun, do it consciously and deliberately on your terms, not what other people said you should be dreaming about or how you should be dreaming. But just to ask yourself, of these, these feelings, these emotions, these desires, these, these passions that are within me, which ones are mine? Which ones do I want to see? And how can I live them more abundantly and joyfully today? Mm, I love it. It's about getting to know you. Mm. When I introduced you, I talked a lot about your, your resume and it's very impressive and all that you do. You sound like such a busy man, but we always like to ask our guests, could you describe your soul to us? My soul is a wanderer. I love an adventure. But what's really interesting is that for me, I, like, I don't like things changing too much, but I don't like things staying the same. There's this oxymoronic juxtaposition of these two ideas within me. And I think that's really indicative of the way that reality works as a whole. Like if we look at physical reality, and I'm going mm -hmm. down this path because we're talking about soul and soul isn't a physical thing. So we've already identified that we've got the meat and bones, what we experience with our senses, and then we've got all the other stuff. And we see the expression of ourself. For me, I see the expression of my soul in what I'm called to. So I love to teach, I love to share. Um, right now I'm obsessed with being a dad and I love all of this newness but then this comfort of wanting things to stay the same sometimes it, it's an anchor for me sometimes it's what holds me back and it's something that I have to overcome but ultimately it creates this tension that actually allows me to expand so I've got this these two ideas these two opposing ideas of staying still 
and moving and changing. This underlying narrative of wanting to share my experiences, which is juxtaposed with this idea that, oh my God, why do I have to go through all of this stuff anyway? And all of it wraps in this playful, curious desire to just continue expanding as much as I can and support people doing the same. So ultimately I'd say my soul is that of a, a student that desires that learning to have a purpose and that caused me to end up being a teacher. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to explain that. I love how you also said that your hardships were your blessings because that's something that Mandy and I really talk about. We find that a lot of our guests all have like that pain to purpose. Mm. I was there for the birth of my nephew seven years ago. He was born by C-section and I thought I got it. You know, I gave him his first kiss. But being there in the room when Ethan was born and like holding Olga's hand or Olga crushing my hand, <laughs> she was giving birth to him, right? Like I've spoken about this before, you know, the whole pain to purpose. Thing. Let's talk about pain for a second. What is pain? Pain is a series of electrical signals that are interpreted by the brain to be uncomfortable. That's what it is, right? But pain does have a purpose. When I have a headache, it could be a message that I need to drink some water, that I need to rest, I need to sleep. It's just a message. If we go to the realm of universal law and talk about the law of relativity, nothing actually is anything until it's compared to something else. Everything just is. So pain is just a signal. And until we give it meaning, it is just that, just a signal. So when we have these painful experiences, challenges, sometimes that we overcome and sometimes that we don't, they really don't mean anything until we compare it to something else, until we give it meaning. And the really beautiful thing is we always ultimately have the choice about what that meaning is. And everything, absolutely everything can be uplifting and powerful. I mean, the pain that you lady humans go through when you're giving birth to, to many humans. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh yeah. But I just wish that the... you, you men could experience it. <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm cool. I'm, I'm really better. good being a bystander. <laughs> I'm really good. But that is the most beautiful, but the mo one of the most excruciating livable pains that a human goes through signifies the beauty of creating new life how does that work yeah it's crazy. suffering yeah it's temporary suffering though and i think that suffering should be temporary and mm -hmm. thank god that labor pains are temporary <laughs> for sure and by the way i have an ethan too you have an ethan too I this do. is amazing do it's really funny like we had these other names that we we're looking at in fact, he was leo for about five months oh well guess like... what my son's last name is leo Poldis, and so he's called ethan leo <laughs> okay i'm getting goosies here definitely some synchronicity here i mean suffering what is suffering Suffering is the choice, either consciously or unconsciously, to take the perspective on pain that's disempowering. A headache can be suffering or it can be a message. Right. Yeah. Why do we feel like we have to label and compare everything instead of just being? We need to understand things so that we can feel safe. We need structure. We crave structure so that we can feel safe. If we look at society and the way that society operates, look at the madness that went on last year and continues to go on now. People arguing but those are crying for more control because they want the illusion of safety they want to feel oh i want to know my government's doing something why are you so dependent on your government why can't you depend on yourself because we're not taught to depend on ourselves we're taught to wait we're told when to eat you know when to get up in the morning when to go to sleep and it's one of the reasons why i focus so much on empowering people to have financial abundance because it creates the space to have more choices about how you direct your life rather than ultimately being a slave to circumstance and a slave to those who tell you what you can and can't do. But we label things because we're trained to wait for someone else to direct us. Because that label gives us a path, a structure that we can follow. We don't actually have the peace 
to direct our own lives because we're just not taught that that's something we can do or even should do. In fact, it's disdained, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were to make a suggestion to someone on how to make that choice of what the meaning is going to be, what would that look like? Let's go back to 2008 when I first read The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. That book created this massive vacuum that I went on to spend the next 10 years, 11 years, trying to fill. My Beyond Intention paradigm essentially was me seeking to create a framework to actually practically apply the power of now. When I read that book, so much started to make sense to me about the importance of being present enough to actually direct the outcomes in our life because nothing else is real. I said this the other day on a podcast, actually, that time is an illusion that's constructed of memories, the now and expectations. Past is no longer here. So we're just reflecting on the memories that are often distorted. We have now, which is moving moment to moment. And then we have the expectations we have for the future that become what we experience. That's the illusion of time. But when we're caught in the memories or we're caught in the expectations, we're not present enough to actually make a directive choice that instead of the expectations that we don't want showing up, what we want to come can actually be a part of our life, whether that's more health, better sex, great relationships, meaning, purpose, money, whatever. And so when the power of now became a part of my experience and I really delved into it, I understood that we can't access the now until we accept that the only way through to the now is if we choose to step into the now. If I'm still caught up in guilt and shame and rejecting my power, if I'm still caught up in blame and giving other people power over me, if I'm still caught up in fear and anxiety, projecting myself into a future, I'm not present enough to do anything. So the first thing we have to do is accept our power and then take a freaking pause and come back to now. Because as long as I'm not in the now, there's nothing I can do anyway. I can't direct my fate. I'm just gonna be uh, on the, the waves of whatever's going on. So first and foremost, I'm the author and creator of my life. Everything that's happened up till now, consciously or unconsciously has been my choice. Everything that will come will consciously or unconsciously be my choice. Yeah. I choose here and now to be present enough to be conscious in what that choice is. And you need the space to make a very conscious decision of your next move. Mm -hmm. 100%. Here's the thing. The only place that I can make real change is in the place that's actually real. And the only place that's real is now. So if I'm outside, okay. Of now, okay, but I, <laughs> no, I love that. It's so true. But I, I sometimes really suck at like getting caught up in letting my emotions mm -hmm. take over instead of pausing. Do you want to hack? You know? Do you want to hack? Yes dreamydan.com forward slash hc i've got a free visualization called um, how to step into the heart center it takes about four minutes and i take you through this guided visualization that actually brings you into heart coherence the heart math organization the global group of scientists and stuff and they've actually been doing all this research into how coherence in the heart and brain actually measurably shifts your your energy field Coherence in the brain is what we end up experiencing as coherence in life. Incoherence in our brain is what we end up experiencing as incoherence in our life. So when you're wanting to pause and all of the stuff's happening and you can't pause, it's because mentally you're in a space of incoherence. When we bring in coherence between the brain and the heart, that actually changes the brain waves and allows you to think differently. The thoughts that we're able to have is a reflection of our emotional state because our emotional state produces different chemicals and hormones, which affects the brain chemistry, which affects the thinking patterns, which affects the choices. So when we want to do something, but we're fuzzy around it, it's because we're out of sync mentally and emotionally. 
But when we do tricks like the heart coherence, um, getting into heart coherence, which this, this visualization will help you to do, it creates the space for you to be able to make the choice because it wipes the slate clean of whatever's going on now. The next time I'm in like a heated conversation with someone mm -hmm. and those emotions start rising, I'm just going to go pause and then I'm going to play that for a minute. If you're, in, if, you're in a, if you're in a thing, there's another, I've got another resource. <laughs> I've got another resource on my, on my free resource page called the, the Clearing Toolkit. And what the Clearing Toolkit is, is like I've spent the last 20 years collecting different tools that you can use to get into the now. So okay. it might be taking a deep breath, yeah. slowing down the yeah. breathing, just yeah. gets you out of your parasympathetic nervous system and allows you to start shifting. Mm. So yes. it could just be, it could be chasing your physiology. One of the yeah. funniest things I've ever heard is shake your butt. Like if you shake your butt, it's physically impossible to be angry and shaking your butt. Oh my God, time. I could shake my butt all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, if you're getting into a heat conversation, try shaking your butt. For yeah. me, I check in intimately over the course of the day. It's one of the things I teach my students to do and I talk about it all the time to practice called check-ins. I mean, nobody's going to be able to stay on top of this stuff all the time. Let's just get that right. Every single person, I mean, Jesus lost his shit and started turning stuff over in the temple, right? And if, if, the, son, if the son of God's going to lose his, going to lose his, 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 like, we're humans. Let's just accept that's going to be the case. But what we can do is limit the amount of time that we spend in the emotional space that results from those disempowering moments in time. Everyone's got one person that's going to make them lose their crap. Everyone's got, got one event or one thing that throws them off. But the trick is, do I allow that to be something that flows into the rest of my day, the rest of my week, the rest of my life? Or right. do I give it space to be itself, coming back to yeah. Eckhart Tolle? Mm -hmm. Not resisting it, just witnessing it. Yeah. And the easiest way to do that is to think about what we're thinking about, because I can't be in the thought Love. and thinking the thought at the same time. Yeah. So if I think about what I'm thinking about, that automatically creates a separation. That separation might be enough space for me to breathe differently. That breathing differently might be enough for me to say, do you know what, babe? This conversation is not really moving in a positive light. I love you. Don't wanna, I don't want to have us poison our relationship with this conversation. Can I have some time to go and gather my thoughts and come back and have a conversation with you? Yeah. It's interesting because last night my, my husband wanted to get into this heated conversation about <laughs> the rioting at the Capitol. And I set a boundary and I said, you know, I would prefer not to speak about on this right now. I just, I, I need some space. But he, he didn't want to stop. He wanted to keep going. So I just had to detach for a moment. And it was funny because I happened to be texting with Shanna and she said, just go play something funny for a moment or say something funny or throw up a funny TikTok or, and maybe that'll help. She said, I have to do that all the time. So it's interesting that you said, shake your butt because yeah. not only is that funny for me, but it would probably be funny for everyone in the room. They <laughs> It's a great pattern interrupt. Uh, yeah. I'm going to try it. Shake it, shake it, um, shake it. I think. I think that we, you should make this global shake your butt. <laughs> Hashtag shake, shake your butt. I was thinking about something though. Um, recently I saw this study and they were talking about how if you're walking up to a house and you see a sign that says beware of dog, without you even knowing it and without you even making a conscious choice, your amygdala and your brain is going to start shooting this kind of, you know, fight or fight response. And you didn't even give it a lot of attention. Your brain's going to start to do that. I thought that that was really interesting because I was like, that sucks. <laughs> Wait, one. Number that one, sucks. that sucks. Number two. <laughs> number two is, how do we change that? Mm. I think it's fascinating because there's more synchronicity here. Because like the, the, the TED talk I'm going to be doing in September of this year, because it's 2021 now. TED talk I'm doing in September, I'm looking at expectation and how expectation actually forms our reality. 
and disrupting the unconscious expectations that don't relate to our conscious choice. The power of the brain to operate into these patterns is really, really powerful. I mean, did you just tell your heart to beat? I didn't, but it's still beating. Did you just tell your lungs to pump? No, but it did it. Because the program, the operating system of ourselves is very, very, very efficient. If we look at evolutionary psychology, a lot of the time, some of these patterns of behavior that we have that are automatically ingrained into us served a purpose thousands of years ago. If there's a, like a, a thing that there's potential danger, your brain's like, oh, there could be some danger there. It's time to get ready to go and, you know, save ourselves. But we don't live being bloody conscious in what we're creating in the first place. Having a conscious relationship with ourselves, like you said, getting to know ourselves from a soul level down in and out. And from that place, choosing what do I want? Because unless we start stepping in and consciously overwriting what's going on, all of these unknown insidious programs across the board will very efficiently come out to play. Mm. Man, you're very wise. <laughs> Only on a Friday. Oh, it is Friday. <sighs> <laughs> so, so far, everything that we've talked about, Shannon and I completely align with. Um, but there's one thing that I don't align with you on. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to ask him about this. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Why do you tell people to stop <laughs> meditating? <laughs> That is that is like my clickbait. That is like my. I love it. I love it. <laughs> let's what just, the let, heck? Let's because just break that it down. Is like the opposite of what we tell people. We're like, start meditating. Now it's start time to meditating. breathe. Now it's time to breathe. 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 Now it's time to breathe and shake your butt because <laughs> it doesn't say don't meditate. It says stop, which means that you have to have started in the first place. Ah. So what gotcha. we're talking about? What we're talking about is do the work of meditation. And then go and take care of the rest of it. You know, one of the things that I found to be really interesting is I've been on my journey. I mean, I got into personal development in my teens. I've been at this game about 20 years. You know, I've gone through mysticism, esoterics, brain science, kundalini yoga, all of the things. And it's fascinating to see how many people believe that the magic of spiritual practice alone is going to be the thing that changes their life. Mm. And they take the beauty of this amazing world of spiritual practice and effectively bastardize it by doing nothing other than just it but ultimately we're not just energy beings we're not just a chakra system floating around in the ethers we're a chakra system we've also got a series of limiting beliefs and expansive beliefs we've got a mental body and we've also got a physical body that moves through time and space no matter what we are working on energetically and spiritually in order for that to have any operational existence in our physical reality we need to have the connective tissue of a belief system that supports it because what we don't believe is possible we won't even be able to see and we have to move through time and space in alignment with it so that we can receive it ergo stop meditating start taking care of the belief system being open to that which you're praying for and start stepping mm. up to the plate and receiving what you're praying for and that's why i tell people mm. to stop meditating just reminded me too that you read something and it doesn't mean exactly what you always think it does mm -hmm. yeah step out of the expectation come to now let's go back for a moment because we mm -hmm. you know we don't love to glorify the pain but the mm -hmm. pain is ultimately sometimes what shoots us into mm -hmm. our purpose mm -hmm. so you talked about wanting to commit suicide you also were diagnosed with asperger's at one point in your mm -hmm. life yeah when you I was had 27. A <laughs> really yeah i wasn't diagnosed until 27. So I spent 27 years being severely autistic with no reason, no understanding what was going on for me. Okay, I'm going to ask you a weird question. 
Yeah. Do you wish you were never diagnosed or do you, oh, are no. you glad? Thank God I was diagnosed because okay. I had crippling social anxiety, crippling general anxiety. I was suffering from insomnia for, I don't know, sometimes days or weeks at a time consistently. Mm. I had no capacity for holding relationships or having communication. No so friends. you weren't you weren't that guy at the school dances shaking his butt in front of everyone. I was the guy at the school dance awkwardly having conversations with people that they ended up just walking. The amount of times I'm going to tell you a funny story. <laughs> so I was with my sister, a couple of cousins were at this wine bar, whatever thing in Stratford, which is a place in East London. As the evening went on, I found myself in conversation with a young lady, which doesn't normally happen because I was far too awkward to be able to hold a conversation other than a few words. It was hilarious my entire dating history up until then had been someone that kind of thought I was cute enough to kind of put up with my awkwardness or felt sorry enough for me to put up with my awkwardness that was my dating experience I hung around uh, oh until they realized how awkward I was and it was like okay this isn't gonna work but um <laughs> so so I'm having a conversation with the dead lady and I'm actually crazed at how well this conversation is going because we're still here I haven't put my foot in my mouth I'm calm I'm collected and I think was I drinking by then? I don't think I really drank by that time. And then she started talking about how much she liked chocolate. <laughs> right. This is an example of the way that my brain works and it just doesn't connect with, it didn't connect with non-autistic people. So my brain works in ones and zeros. Everything's very pattern and ordered. And so I went all the way to the end of this equation where a phrase I'm about to tell you made perfect sense. And then I'm gonna backtrack and tell you what I meant and you'll see an example. Okay. So I was like, is dairy milk enough for you? Or do you prefer Bourneville? Because if so, I can head up to Birmingham right now and ask Cadbury for an upgrade. Right. So <laughs> that was what came out of my <laughs> mouth. Okay. I would have been but, like, what the? Exactly. That's exactly what happened. So she kind of oh, looked wow. at me like, huh? and then just shook her head and walked away. My sister was just behind me. She's laughing her pads off. She still likes to embarrass me about that to this day. So I'm going to explain what that meant. Okay. So I'm there. Were, there's a brand of chocolate, band brand of candy in the UK called Cadbury's. Their factory is in Birmingham. It's a city in London. Bourneville is their brand of dark chocolate. Dairy milk is their kind of my tone mid chocolate. So I would say if she, if she, you're getting it now. If she want, if she preferred darker chocolate, then I'd go to Cadbury's and invite an upgrade to Bourneville and then return the grade of chocolate that she would like because that's I'm just that so kind of guy. Oh, Except God, it makes good. no sense without the context, but that's the way my head breaks. So that's an example of the kind of thing <laughs> that you would get from yeah. me until okay, I was can diagnosed. I, can I tell you one other thing here, Go Daniel? My son, Ethan Leo is autistic. Get out of town. I swear to God. This is, I'm having gooseies. Right now. I know, me too. I just got, because my son's here with me, I just got done telling him and I was like, what? That's crazy. Mm. Can I ask you a question? I notice a lot of times you're, you're using your hands for our listeners. Mm. He uses his hands a lot. You're looking mm. up kind of like in the air. Do you see equations yeah. do you, and numbers? No, I see more, it's more like seeing like, I can't really explain it. It's like seeing colors, but not really seeing colors. I see since I've been developing my spiritual gifts, I like I see energy really, really like I can see energy fields around people and stuff like that. It's really, really fun. Thing to see. I but love yeah, that. Well, I engage with it that way. Uh, you know, I can't even imagine 
how hard that could be at times and challenging as a child because your brain is you're trying to like organize everything everything has to be organized or i have like complete meltdowns if you ask me to solve the debt crisis of the world i'd be fine like when a bus is late or like i'm out and olga like changes what she wants on the shopping list i can i have to catch myself from having a complete and utter freak out meltdown like little things like that completely knock me out yeah Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, Daniel, about how important intentions are, because it's something that Mandy and I talk about often. Oh, my God. Intentions are the backbone to everything for me. My model's called Beyond Intention. My book is called Seven Beyond Intention. And for me, intentionality is the only, is the most effective tool that we have to disrupt the unconscious programs that we're operating on. For me, an intention is breaking that pattern, disrupting it and introducing consciously what we actually want instead if we're looking like a computer program, it's almost like our programs are operating like MS-DOS for all the old school peeps in the ground, right? They're listening in. And the operating system over the top is like Windows. And so when we're in being intentional, we're choosing what program we're running on Windows versus whatever normally naturally is happening. Because without that, we're just going to be operating on those programs. And I think Bruce Lipton, it was, that said 70% of those programs, we didn't even construct ourselves. They were just soaked in through our environment between the ages of like two and seven or two and eight and something like that. How many of us can remember what was going on when we were like five or six years old or seven years old? I don't remember what was going on. And then we go and then the hormonal teams just more deeply imprints those. And then we get to be an adult and start making choices, but we're doing work through the lens of the programs and then the hormones. And then we get to 35 and then the neural pathways start to sit in. And then this is who we are. Intention is a way to bypass all of that and start creating life that we want versus the life that our environment, our experiences, our traumas, our pains, or any of that stuff tell us that we have to be. Yeah. We also agree with you when we heard you talk about how you have to be aligned with your intention. Yeah. I could want like a, a Lamborghini mm-hmm. <laughs> and I could try to manifest it, but I have four kids. That ain't going to work out for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 hold on. You don't actually really align with wanting a Lamborghini? <laughs> well, I mean, how many, you can't put no car seats in the back. I mean, Take one at a time. No, Take I, one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't work out. it doesn't align with my life right now. Yeah. I mean, let's do a bit more breaking down. When we were talking about stop meditating before, I went into that we've got mental body, we've got emotional body, we've got physical body, right? I like to say that beliefs are the, the backbone of our, of our mental body, our skeleton backbones, our physical body, our chakra system backbones, our energetic body. Each one of these bodies actually has an entire realm of existence that we can relate to. We can go into the unconscious and tools like hypnosis and regression in order to see what's going on mentally. Um, our body tells us what's going on in the history of, of, our, of our physical body and our energy field, which is measurable, can tell us what's going on there too. When we start looking at universal law, like the law of vibration, which people then, you know, throw in like law of attraction and all this kind of stuff. Vibration is first felt by us as emotion. The first point of contact that we have with vibration is emotion. So our energy field, which is measured through frequency, is experienced as as emotion. Let's start to correlate this with an intention. Let's say, for example, I want to be in a healthy, loving relationship. However, my emotional field is full of anger and hate. How can those two experiences sit in the same space? My intention of a healthy, loving relationship and a hateful, angry person. Now, it's not that they're impossible because we've got infinite possibility, but the probability 
drops. Now let's muddy the waters a little bit more. Let's say that I don't believe, my belief system is polluted with the idea that I'm unworthy of being in relationship. Again, how is that gonna sit in the same space as me having a healthy, loving relationship? Now on top of that, let's say that I'm going on every dating site, I'm doing all the right things, I'm doing all the, the dating courses, I'm following the strategy, I've got the perfect eHarmony profile. What does it matter? The strategy. The strategy, although perfectly executed, what, what purpose is that if I haven't done everything else? Let's put this into money now. I have a fear of being abundant. I've got trauma in my emotional experience from something that happened around either not having money or just a bastardized emotional relationship with money. How is that going to sit with me being abundant? Now, let's say I'm unworthy of it. I don't believe it's possible. I've got a story that I've got four kids, so I can't have a Lamborghini. How is that going to um, overlay with that? Then I go and invest in a program with somebody. I spend 10,000 learning to do this, or I do that, or I do all the things. I work really hard. The two narratives don't just don't juxtapose. So what we feel, what we believe, and what we do all have to match up with our intention. Otherwise, a probability just drops. Again, not that it's impossible because we live in a universe of infinite possibility, but the probability drops drastically. Can you repeat those again? You have to feel, what, what I feel, believe. What I believe and what I do. All have to match and align. They all have to match. Mm -hmm. And what you can do, like for all the people that are listening that want to kind of see, I mean, this, my video on this is around financial abundance and how to create that alignment with financial abundance. But when you understand the principles, you can apply it to anything because the laws of the universe don't change based on whether you're manifesting health, relationships or money. But when you do it with money, it's a great tool to measure where you're at. Because if I then set out to intend to create $1,000 and I create $1,000, then I know that I've cracked it. I can then take that working formula and then go apply it to my health, apply it to my relationships or whatever. But um, dreamydan.com forward slash HMM, how to be okay. a harmonious money magnet. That would take you through like this idea of where alignment fails to show up with what we're creating and how we can overcome that and start to step into alignment and start to manifest what we want. Why do you talk so much about money? Aren't there like more important things? You know, like I know for me personally, when I got into my, my uh, spiritual awakening, I felt like I needed to get rid of my money and I felt like I needed to get rid of my stuff. And I felt mm -hmm. like I needed to like purge my storage mm -hmm. unit. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was going against the grain of being a spiritual person if I was mm -hmm. focusing on money. And I realized that was false. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, but I still do carry a little bit of shame about sitting in meditation or prayer and asking my guides and my God to help me to have money. Okay, why? But is that true for everyone and for everything? No. Maybe because I have this rooted belief that evil comes from money because of our country and where we're at. And you see a lot of ego and power and money correlated in all the bullshit that in our history. But have you developed a conscious relationship to the alternative narrative? No. So what's going to happen is that your underlying narrative is going to be led by the only narrative that you've given it, which is that these things are bad versus actually consciously choosing what is my narrative around money. I mean, look, everything physically, ultimately, is just a counterpart to have something happening energetically. This physical body is just a physical counterpart to energy frequencies expanding and contracting to form this pattern of thing that I call carbon that's in this pattern of this thing that I call Daniel Mangela. Money, I don't have any money here, I've got a coin. This is just energy 
expanding and contracting to form this thing of compounds of things that is metal that is a coin of 10 pesos which is just something that I can use as a medium of exchange for someone for not very much because it's about 50 cents but a medium of exchange for someone for something else it doesn't have an opinion it doesn't have a, a story or a narrative until I give it one it's just a piece of metal that's a tool a medium of exchange that's all money is and more times these are just numbers on a screen that facilitate me having more choice. That's it. Now, have some people gathered these converges of energy through means that are disempowering to others or oppressive of others? Yes. Is that all of them? No. Do you have it? I have a choice on which one I am. Yes. Do I like nice things? Yes. I like flying first class. I like having a Rolex watch. I like living in Carbo. I like that my son's probably not going to have to want for anything. I don't necessarily like the credit card bills from my wife, but I like being able to pay them, right? But I have the choice to express myself. Now, if the purpose of the soul is not to go on a journey, to be the embodiment of God expressing itself, to witness and experience new things, then what is it? And if I have this medium that's readily available for me to have more choice in what I experience and therefore complete my mission of reporting back to God that which I've experienced of life, then I should have as much of this as possible, but I should do it in a way that does no harm to others, doesn't put others down and adds more life to others and expands more life. And that's how I create. And that's why I empower people to create. Beautiful. And it landed right with the intention at the end. Exactly. <sighs> wow. That was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you. Mandy can tell you, I unconsciously do this, don't I, Mandy? Which part? The manifesting. I think that, do you think that sometimes there's just like divine guidance that just steps in? They're like, she needs some help. She don't <laughs> <think>. <laughs> I, okay, think always, I think we're always protective. Go for it. Let me tell you, it, it kind of actually annoys me. I mean, I'm kidding. I, I get very excited for her, but every single... <laughs> I've been best friends with Shannon since she was 15 and every oh, wow. single Christmas she starts to like freak out because she doesn't have money and she wants to provide a good Christmas for her children and every year I have seen her go through so much stress during the holidays and this year she, I could feel it happening to her again and I said girlfriend haven't you seen the pattern over the last like 20 years like every time you start to freak out somehow the money comes to you and sure as shit she texts me the next day like girl I woke up and I had $1,200 in my account and then I hopped on this website and I found another $600 and I'm like <laughs> of course you did or remember when like, I, I even manifested like a $50,000 check one time I, I <laughs> literally I'm like what you know what? I think you. you guys, right, what we have to do, you have to shoot me an email with some post addresses. I'm going to give you guys a copy of my book, The Money Game. I'd love to see yeah. what happens if you actually go through the steps of the money game and actually consciously step into creating money. Because I've had yeah. some big wins for people, like people doing my pro, the, the, the game have had some big wins. But I'd love to see what actually happened with you guys of that. That would be fun for me to witness. We had on a guest, her name's Christine Michelle, and I love how she says it. She calls the universe her sugar daddy she's like sugar daddy <laughs> just ask your sugar daddy that might she require says, some drastic life changes for me but um <laughs> I'll, I'll find a, i'll find a different embodiment for sure <laughs> she says uh, ask 
believe and receive was what her parents taught her from a very young age. And I said, wow, I like that because I was just taught ask and receive, not Mm -hmm. the believe part. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where the magic You simplify all of this. Of course, that probably took you a long time because you 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 like to organize and train. <laughs> <laughs> I hopped on your website and I clicked on it and it sent me the you know the video and the steps and oh so you've been through the money the harmonious money magnet steps I did I went through it and I'll be honest I went through it very fast so I mm-hmm. want to go back and spend a little bit well a lot more time with it because podcasting does take up a lot of time and it's so much time that Shanna and I we don't even have other jobs this is what we do full time and this is our purpose because we want to help other people and for me to say that I wouldn't like a little bit of abundance and income so that we can continue to do this I would be lying and Mm -hmm. so I would love to be your guinea pig and go through these steps (laughs) and apply it it to my life yeah shoot shoot that over we'll get those out to you I'll get Amy to do that like immediately but again the point of bringing that up was sometimes this can like just bombard someone's brain and they could be like oh my god this is a lot what are are Mm -hmm. we talking about here and you really simplify it you know how they say like write your write an actual check out for Mm -hmm. that amount and Mm -hmm. put it up because yeah some of those things are just not tangible they're not you know realistic because our brain just wants to you know think too much about it like how is this possible I know that for myself Mandy will tell you I research everything like can science back this up? Because I do find that science does back up a lot of things, but this is one that you really just have to learn to trust in yourself, trust in, you know, what are we, what are we trusting in when we actually believe in that? You know, I live down the rabbit hole, right? I spend a lot of yeah. time in esoterics and, and yeah, okay. you too. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And ultimately I follow something called hologram theory and hologram mm. theory in short, says that everything that we're experiencing is just a holographic projection of what's happening inside of us. Yeah. As a result, all the things that we see are just representative of the things that we believe that we're going to see, mm. right? We're just projecting things out. So even down to the science, the science only has validity because I believe in it. Everything I say is a permission slip. Everything's a placebo and a nocebo. Oh, uh, good point. If you think about it, if like every, all this information that's flying all over that we can't physically, we can't see it, but there's mm-hmm. information all over the air. You know, mm-hmm. that's how we're watching TV. That's how we're talking. So basically it's the same thing and you're just grabbing it. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're grabbing it. We're attaching meaning to it. That meaning that we're attaching is basically deciding that something's going to be or not going to be. And then we have automatic, uh, we follow on from that and start making unconscious choices. Those unconscious choices become habits and behaviors. Those habit behaviors become what we embody. It creates this loop, sometimes vicious loop of what we end up experiencing as our reality. My loop desperately sends me money. (laughs) (laughs) You say I make no claim to know much of anything. I am not a guru. There's no reason why you should listen to me. Why do you choose those words? Because I feel like you really actually do know, like I would change it. I'm claiming that I know a lot. <laughs> and you should listen to me. Because yeah, I me too. I don't know a lot because it's impossible to know everything. And anytime I grasp an idea and say, that's what it is, it's already stepped into infinite possibility of being something else. We're always at the cusp of unknowing. And the second that we accept that, we're open to being available to receive from all knowing. It's counterintuitive, but it's only by accepting that I know nothing that I'm available here and now to know all that I need to know now to be all that I can be here and now. 
I got you. I call that a mind fuck. I have to say <laughs> that. <laughs> yes. I'm like, hold on a minute. Let me break that shit down. What did you just say? But I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's funny because my brain went to, why does he say that? That's sad. Like he needs to own his shit. He needs to own his, <laughs> mad- he needs to own his intelligence. He needs to own like that people should listen to him. Um, I don't think anybody should do anything. I think people should ask themselves what feels good and does no harm here and now. What's expansive to me now? What adds more life to me in the life of those that I love now without taking from others? And then do that. If that's listening to me, listen to me. I'm not for everybody. You know, yeah. um, one of the reasons why I keep one-on-one coaching with me so expensive is because I want people to invest. But another thing is it enables me to filter out the people that really are committed to this being for them. Simple as that. I said no to three people this week who wanted to give me $25,000 to coach with me. I said, no, I'd pass some people on to others. And You can and send them. Yeah, you can send them my way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want <laughs> <laughs> I, I pass them on because A, integrity, but B, everybody has a path that's for them right yeah and if it's not if i'm not for you i'm not for you if i am for you i won't have to convince you we're gonna rock and roll we're gonna do some good shit but if not Mm -hmm. then let's go our separate ways and still be friends what is your definition of integrity for me integrity is having an alignment with what is honest what's moral what's good and uplifting and consciously choosing to step into that if Olga says, hey, do I look fat in this? First I'm going to say, do I look stupid? But what she's actually asking me is, I need mm. some um, reinforcement. I need to, to know that yeah. you love me. And yeah. that's what I give. Am I being out of integrity there? No, I'm actually being integrity to actually what's going on. It's uplifting, it's expansive, it's good and groovy. Gosh, I love how you're so present in your relationship. <laughs> it doesn't oh. work all the time. It doesn't work all the time. But I do my bloody best. And that's all we can do at the end of the day. That's all we can do. People running around with shame, with guilt, and with all this ugly, icky stuff because they're trying to hold themselves to an ideal that doesn't even match who they are. All these people Mm -hmm. running around chasing a dollar bill because they want it to make them feel good or going into a relationship. I mean, I was on a coaching call with one of my mentors the other day. And there's this guy that was like, I'm gay, but I've been lying to my wife and my kids that I'm straight and I can't do it anymore. And he got to this point where he just can't, he's been like 20 years or something stupid in this relationship, pretending that he's straight because he's living on his ideas about who he can't love. And it's nonsensical that we, that we do that. And I think power comes from rejecting the idea that we have to do that and stepping into the fullness in truth of who we are. Again, the undercurrent is do no harm to others. Yes. Yes. I think karma probably does have a play when it comes into a lot of this. I think. Do you think that? I mean, because I think that, like, why is all that money coming to me? Uh, I'm like, oh, good. Yes, because I worked for free. Well, then where the heck is mine? <laughs> when you go into the money game, it will break, break it down. But all that means is that your thermostat is higher. That's what it is. But if you look at it from what you said, it kicks in when you go into a space of oh my god I need, I need to take care of it it almost kicks in and triggers it it doesn't just happen from a space of natural flow so your relationship to money is being revealed through this experience but you have the opportunity to change it and you have the power to change it and have it show up differently you know what I saw something on TikTok or my daughter showed me it was this girl who does mm-hmm. these little experiments every day. So mm-hmm. I want everybody to try to manifest $5 and you're going to find it in the most inconspicuous place. Mm-hmm. And as you're imagining that you're going to find this $5, I want you to imagine how it feels like when you go and you actually pick it up in your hands and all this shit. 
Mm-hmm. I tell you not that night, my daughter found a $5 bill on the side of her bed. Mm-hmm. She said, and it was just like this girl said. Uh, and then there was, she said there was hundreds of comments, hundreds mm-hmm. of people saying the same thing. I thought that is Do you know what awesome. happened? Do you know what happened? What? And it's the same thing when I did the money game challenge every now and then. Uh, it's that she created a common field that became the placebo for people to subscribe to the agreement for people to subscribe to that is possible. And those who subscribed to the agreement had the win and those that didn't, didn't. Those that subscribed to the win and had the alignment, had it. And those that subscribed to it and didn't have the alignment, didn't have it. She created a conducive space for the perfect storm so that those who had an alignment had something to click into and receive. That's it. Super cool. I say we do that. We should all do that. We should do it with like 500,000 though, $500. Do it. I know you're, I know you're serious. <laughs> deadly serious, deadly serious, darling. Deadly serious, yes. Gosh, let's talk about the four steps real fast. Acceptance, clear, Mm -hmm. gratitude, and what's the fourth one? Listen, Uh, that's beyond intention. That's my model for owning your power to choose. And ultimately what the model does is it allows us to step into dominion of what I call the choice machine, which is basically the vehicle for which we can create anything that we want. If I accept my ability to create outcomes, so I'm the author and creator of my life, clear the path of everything that's pulling me out of the present moment and step into the present moment, connect to the outcome through gratitude that I want, and then listen to hear when I come off course and then course correct. There's nothing that I can't create. I love the listen. I think people don't usually get the listen in in people that we've talked to who have suggested this. Listening to others, yes, but I think more importantly, listening to ourselves and what's going on. For ourselves, yes. Trusting ourselves. ourselves. We do this thing at the end of our podcast which I don't want this to end because I'm really enjoying this and now it's time for break that shit down be present enough to let your soul sing no matter what the fuck it has to sing about that's it I love it oh my gosh so where can our listeners find you? What are you offering right now as far as your workshops? Let's get into dreamwithdan.com. Dreamwithdan.com. The podcast is there. The books are there. The free resources are there. Um, definitely go and check out Harmonious Money Magnet um, workshops right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I didn't do any work in December. So January, I'm like, Sort of well up. hello you had a nine month <laughs> pregnant wife yeah so um i mean i really just spend a lot of time just sniffing ethan at the moment i There's love a- that you said that i <laughs> babies smell so good and i love anyone so who yummy. can appreciate that so, so what yeah. uh, the best thing to do is to just jump on the the email list anything that's going on we'll definitely let you guys know i'm considering doing a relaunch of a really cool program that i had called alchemic life creation which is basically teaches you how to be the Neo of your own reality. We look at lucid living. We look at how to integrate really cool stuff like ESP and lucid dreaming and out of body experiences to actually create grounded abundant life experiences. Um, I did it as a pilot a couple of years ago and I never got around to redoing it. And I'm going to do it live again at some point in 2021. So that will probably be cool. Something that your listeners will be, be up for. Other than that, I'm always on social media, but all the links for everything's on my website, dreamwithdan.com. So you are actually really taking the word dream and doing the dream work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Don't just dream, dream with your eyes open. That's I right, love baby. that. That's right.
Well, thank you so much for being with us. I'm really sorry that first half of our podcast was in my car. <laughs> Added to the adventure. Again, congratulations on your son. You know, thank Shanna you. and I have 22 all the way down to six. Wow. So there's nothing better than being a parent. And they go from that stage your son is in now to all of a sudden they're grown men. And you're like, where did time go? So I wish that I would have been more awake and more present because <laughs> that is truly the one thing that I feel like helps you to slow time down. Mm-hmm. So you're lucky well, that you know that. <laughs> and I'd also say, Dan, is that my kids have been such a part of my spiritual growth. So we should have you on in like 10 years and well, and you're going to be like, here's the steps to levitate. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. I can't wait to use your steps to help Shanna and I keep doing what we love doing. Help us bring some abundance. Yeah. We'll let you know how it goes when I manifest that big one, man. Go for it. All right. Thanks, Dan. Much love, guys. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.